This is Stephanie LeBay, and you're listening to Follow Your Spirit. What's going on, everybody? I am Timothy Lawson, host of Follow Your Spirit, a podcast that follows your Washington spirit. It's it's appropriately named. What can I say? This week it is all about Bay. Stephanie LeBay, that is. See what I did there? I'm in a good mood. What can I say? There's plenty to say about the game on Saturday, but it was such a high profile game that uh, a lot of the bigger outlets got there. Um, if you're interested in a strong game recap analysis of what happened, I suggest you check out uh, the Equalizer, Black and Red United, uh, you know, the Washington Post, the stuff that Stephen Goff put out. Um, really intricate stuff on looking at that game and, and analyzing what happened. Uh, I don't want to cop out too much. I just don't want to be too redundant. Um, and, um, you know, I will admit that they're, I read some of their pieces and they've done enough of, uh, of explaining sort of what happened. I definitely think the highlights of the game was Tobin Heath's little temper tantrum. Uh, what was really interesting about that instance is while the referee was talking to her, uh, you know, it looked like maybe she was just going to get a warning and the crowd started yelling, star treatment, star treatment. Um, and that's when the yellow card came out. Obviously, I, you know, I don't think that the referee was uh, or that the official was influenced by uh, the crowd. But it was interesting how uh, that immediately came to mind uh, for the audience that maybe uh, she was just going to get by with a warning. Uh, so this episode is all about Stephanie LeBay. I'm going to include... Uh, so the first little instance uh, for her is uh, this is the post-game uh, interview that we got with Stephanie after she posted her third clean sheet of the season uh, against the Portland Thorns. Take, take a listen. Hello. Hello. Smiling. Hi. Clean sheet number three. Yeah. How's that feel? Yeah, it feels good. It was uh, The team played so well today. I mean, you could see all the chances we were getting, so... I think the big, biggest thing about the clean sheet is that offensively we played really well, and um, I had a few saves to make, but um, especially second half, like there wasn't too much for me to do, so all props to the team in front of me for being really well um, organized offensively and, and getting their chances. Uh, there was a really crazy instance, I think, on that end where you had to come out and uh, clear. Can you explain what happened there? The one where I got fouled? <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, it was an aerial ball. You know, everyone went up to challenge it. I was going through a couple people, and um, it was just one of those things. You know, I didn't quite catch it and had to do what I could to make, make the second and third save. And um, I'm happy that, you know, there's players around me who are right there with me to block shots and stuff. And um, just for me, I guess, for the future, knowing when I'm going into that kind of traffic, just punch it and get it out. Uh, defensively, how did you organize your back line against a Attack. Yeah, they uh, they get numbers forward really well, and they have very dynamic movement up top. So the biggest thing for for me was just to communicate and keep our line solid, and and kind of let them do the movement, and us just stay in our line and stay solid and and step out when needed. But the biggest thing for me was just to keep communicating, always letting people know where there's the players and players on their shoulders, and um, I think that we dealt with it really well, and the back line was solid today. So in, the, in those moments of panic that uh, that we saw. Uh, a lot in the previous game, not, not so much in this game, but 
Uh, talk about you know what it's like to you know keeping your composure and trusting your back line if they're all taking responsibilities. Yeah, that's the biggest thing for me is you know when there is that chaos, I'm not the one that's right in the heat. So the biggest thing for me is to to be communicating, but to be communicating with kind of that calmness in my voice, so that when they hear it, they can feel the calmness and it doesn't get them even more tense. Um, <clears throat> so that's my role is just to to keep that calm and confident voice behind them, so that in that chaos, they can kind of find that calmness and and be more composed. Portland had the ball a lot more in your half in that second half. What do you think, what did you notice out there that allowed them to kind of dictate the pace a little bit more in that second half than the first? Yeah, the midfield really started to open up for us. Um, they were finding those pockets kind of behind our, our two higher midfields, um, so they were able to get the ball on um, in those pockets and, and turn and face forward for us. So um, it's just for us to be a little more organized in our midfield so that we don't get those big gaps on the switch. Um, and that can come from me and that can come from the centre-backs to be organising the people in front of them. Um, but I think, you know, they had the possession, but they weren't really creating chances. So um, I think we still did well at uh, keeping them far enough from goal and not letting them really get into our attacking third and get too many chances. I mean, Portland's probably, uh, you know, the most competition that you guys have had so far this season. It's got to feel good going through four games, competition getting larger with every game, and so coming out with a clean sheet. Moving forward, we're going to do the, to make sure you guys lock down on this game and, and try to do this for the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. We just have to keep taking it one game at a time. Today was, it's a great feeling to step out knowing that you just played one of the top teams in the league. Um, you know, your, your competition right now and um, for us to come away and, and have so many chances and, and really have the ability to put the game away um, on multiple occasions. So for us, it's just building the confidence and continuing to play like this and moving forward. But biggest thing is not really to look at, you know, who we're playing, but to continue to focus on ourselves and make sure we take every game as it is and maximize what we can do in each game. So uh, obviously there's a lot of, there's a lot of optimism uh, in that back line, in that defense, especially with Stephanie, it you know she can really trust uh, you know everything that's going on uh, around her, even in those more panicked moments. And I think um, I think a lot of that has to do, and we'll learn this from, uh, or you will learn as we talk to Stephanie in my interview. Uh, she meditates, and she's someone who's very mindful, and I think that that helps, especially for her as a keeper. That. Uh, you know, I would just die of anxiety attacks every time uh, people like Tobin Heath and uh, and the rest are coming at me, ready to uh, ready to score. And I think that LeBay's mindfulness and being able to keep calm and keep her composure is one of the things that's going to help her perform uh, throughout the entire season. I'm really looking forward to uh, each and every game and seeing how she uh, handles that sort of pressure. You know, each week I like to look at stats. Um, and just basic stats and, and just sort of see what we're, what we can see from, uh, from the stat sheets and maybe to, can it tell us, you know, how are things, how things are going, uh, performance wise on the field. For, um, if we maybe weren't, you know, if we didn't watch the game, um, 91% save rate, Stephanie LeBay, um, that's, uh, pretty amazing. Obviously, she has the three clean sheets, and and the one that got Bayer, uh, you know, it, it was just sort of it just sort of happened, and um, you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting to think that she was uh, just a couple inches 
uh, away from, um, I want to say a couple inches. I mean, like the ball went right by her uh, in close quarters. And I think that um, had she even got a foot out or something a little bit quicker, could have deflected uh, very close to having a clean season so far, but just the one goal uh, staining that idea. I think what's even more remarkable about this is, uh, you know, she arrived to camp late or arrived to, uh, you know, the preseason um, training late. And she had to leave again for Canadian national team, um, Canadian national team purposes. Uh, but she still got the nod. And, um, you know, I think I've mentioned this before. I challenged uh, Coach Gabera on whether or not we could assume maybe Weiss would get the nod in game one because she had been around. Uh, he told me it was not safe to assume that. And now we see why. He had faith in uh, in LeBay and, and what she could do. And, um, she's been proving each and every week uh, that she can do so. So here is an interview that I actually just got done recording like 10 minutes ago. Uh, I talked with Stephanie about uh, her meditation practices, her game day practices, what she eats on game day, um, getting along with other, not getting along with other players, but like her chemistry with the other players, the leadership that's there, um, and other things that are in the atmosphere of the club. And this is a way to sort of get deeper into um, into her. So this episode has a slightly different style, a little less, um, little less analysis and in, in, in pre- preview, and a little bit more insider look into uh, into who our spirit are, and um, you know, getting to know them better as we get through the season. So uh, here's my interview with uh, Stephanie LeBay. Enjoy. Right. So Stephanie LeBay. I'm assuming I'm saying that right. Right, LeBay. Labay, yes, perfect. Labay. Uh, uh, YouTube and Facebook and Twitter the other day told me that I was telling that I was saying uh, Naren's name wrong for all this time. So now I need to double check to make sure I have everybody else's name correct. <laughs> no problem. I'm butchering her name as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I think all of us were like, oh, that's how you say it. Yeah, exactly. It was a it was a good video for even her teammates. I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So the first question I have for you um, is uh, for you as a player going way back to when you first started playing soccer as someone who is relatively new to the sport, uh, con- you know, all things considering. Um, I'm curious, how does one decide to be a goalkeeper? Like when you decided you wanted to play soccer, at what point do you realize, you know what, I'm best back here trying to stop things? To be honest? For me, like, it wasn't even a decision that I made. Um, I played hockey growing up. I wasn't a goalie in hockey, um, but I played hockey growing up, and um, I kind of started to, to play both. I'd play hockey in the winter and soccer in the summer, and got to that point where I had to make a decision um, to focus on one more than the other, and I chose soccer, and I really wanted to play on a rep team with my friends, so I went to try out for the team, and uh, in the tryouts, the coach, you know, we were doing a shooting drill, and the coach asked, if anyone wanted to jump in net for the shooting drill and there was like eight or nine of us that raised our hands so we all kind of rotated through and then at the end of the trials he came up to me and you know he said like how how badly do you want to play on this team and I was like well pretty bad like I you know this is I've chosen to play soccer and I really want to play here and all my friends are here so I'd love to, to play and he said all right well if you if you want to play on this team we'd like to have you as the goalie and I was kind of like, what? Like, <laughs> so I guess I did something, and I don't know what I did. I must have maybe I was the only one who stopped the shot, or maybe I had a, there was a bit of craziness to me, probably. 
Um, so for yeah. me, it was kind of like, I guess there was some type of a natural talent that he saw for me. But um, for me, the goalkeeper, you know, it's it's an extremely mental position, and you really need to have a, a good set of self confidence. And I think it's a great position to build that as well. Um, sure. But it's, you know, you you got to be a little bit brave and a little bit weird to be playing there, and a little bit crazy. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, I I've loved it ever since, and I haven't looked back, and I've enjoyed the challenge and the the excitement of it, and. Um, you know, there's ups and downs. It's amazing when you can make the game-winning save, and it's tough when when you let in that that goal that maybe loses the game. But um, in the end, it, it's a position that requires you know a lot of mental strength, and it's something that I've really had to deal with throughout my career. But I, I've loved every second of it. Yeah, it's it's really it's interesting. Almost the complete opposite side of the coin that is um, the make or break for a good game on the keeper versus, you know, anybody else that may be towards the front uh, shooting goals. Uh, Because for them, it could be a one-shot wins. But for you, it's every ball that comes is is the one that could possibly lose the game. So you have the volume of what is necessary to – the volume of performance is uh, so much deeper. Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, of course, like the criticism's there and, and that's something that kind of just comes along with the position. And like I said, I, I've been through my struggles with that, but, um, the one thing that I always come back to is, is just being in the moment. Um, I always say as a goalkeeper, you know, you have to have the memory of a fish. You have to be able to forget things really fast. And, um, after the game, you can look back and you can reflect on, on mistakes and things to, to learn from them. Cause if, Ultimately, if you don't make mistakes, you can't grow and you can't improve and get better. Um, so mistakes are extremely important to make. But um, it's for me when I when I'm playing in games, I I just really have to come back to being in the moment and and just kind of you know not dwelling on what's already happened and not thinking about what's coming. It's just all about doing what you can do in the moment where you're at and and just putting all your focus on that because ultimately that's the only thing you can control is what you're doing right in the second. So. Um, yeah. I've, I've learned that along the way to, to always come back to that. And, um, it's really helped me improve my game and get to the point where I'm at now. Well, yeah, you said it you know, uh, a few times there that it's about being in the moment and, and, um, being in that experience. And I know, um, from following you on Twitter that you meditate, uh, and especially on game day, how, how long have you had meditation in your practice? Yeah, um, that's become a huge part of not only my soccer career, but my life. Um, I got into meditating and yoga in November, and um, since then, it's really kind of taken off and really, to be honest, completely changed my game and my, my um, I guess, just my views on, on soccer, my career, and even just life. Um, I, I meditate for like five to ten minutes every single morning, um, and then on game days I I don't do it right when I wake up. Uh, game days I do it in the afternoon, and it's just my way to kind of calm the chaos, um, control my anxiety and my excitement and the adrenaline for the game. Especially when you have a night game, you're just thinking about it all day, and you're so excited and can take a lot of energy out of you. So um, I like to meditate. It just kind of calms me down, brings me back to where I am, and and being present and. Um, for me, I kind of get a lot of inspiration from it. I can completely shut off my brain and I can chill out for those 20 minutes that I do the meditating. And then after that, I, I always get this like explosion of of inspiration. And 
I always write that down in my journal right away, right after I meditate. And it's something that I come back to right before the game. So in the locker room, um, it's kind of funny, you know, the girls are listening to music, dancing, they're getting all pumped up and I throw on my headphones and I, I put on some meditation music in the locker room right before uh warm up. And I kind of go into that calming place for like two to three minutes and, and then I read that journal of inspiration that I had earlier in the day, and that's kind of what takes me out into warm up and gets me focused and in the zone. That's really cool. Do you do you own, do you do your own meditations, or do you follow a guided meditation? Um, I have I work with Lululemon. Um, they're one of my sponsors, so they've provided me. We have we've uh, met up and got a whole personalized meditation and yoga routine. So they've helped. Oh, me that's out very with that. cool. Yeah. That's really cool. So you so you are one of the the new members of the team and the spirit are um uh have a you know had a lot of players come back. There's a lot of chemistry already built there. How long did it take you uh coming into camp in the preseason? How long do you think it uh took you to sort of meld with the team? Yeah, um for me it was quite interesting because of, you know, being away with the national team. I came in late, so coming in, you know, the team had already been together for a week or two. Um but the girls are extremely welcoming, and it's such a, a great group of girls that, you know, it was so easy to kind of fit right in. Um, but it was a bit tough for me because, like I said, I came in late to preseason, and we were, we were here for about a week or 10 days, and then we left again for another national team camp. So it was tough to be coming and going at the beginning um, to really, I guess, solidify friendships down. But the girls are so wel- welcoming, and it was so easy to just kind of get right into training and um I guess not have that anxiety of, you know, not knowing people and figuring it out. But that's also the fun of it is getting to know different players and getting to know different people's strengths and weaknesses and how you can complement each other and make, kind of get the best out of each other. Um, so it was a fun challenge for me, and um, having the girls being so welcoming made it that much easier. Yeah, so, um, you know, of your teammates, which which do you feel um, – of course, we see you and Matheson running around – uh, with selfies on Twitter, uh, but you know, which other your teammates do you feel like you have a strong bond with? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, Dee and Shalina, um, that was an easy one for us since we've spent so much time together and with the national team and stuff. So coming in, it was always great, you know, to have them. And um, for me, the back line, that's who I've really kind of focused my attention on and who I'm, you know, putting a lot of energy into. Um, but then aside from that, I mean, uh, I've connected well with Joanna Lohman. She's a very outspoken person and um, we're very similar in that sense that we're very extroverted and, um, yeah, we just tend to get along. But there's so many girls on the team that, you know, we all have a good bond and um, it's been fun getting to know everyone. Yeah. Um, aside from the usual names of, you know, Dunn, Krieger, Matheson, who do you mm-hmm. think um, has stepped forward as a leader for this team that maybe isn't uh, as obvious to an outsider? Um. I think different people lead in different ways. The big thing with this team is, you know, everyone's free to speak up. Nobody's, it doesn't seem like anyone's, you know, nervous to speak up and say something. So everyone kind of, I guess, has their moments and has their, their ways of, of speaking up. But, um, I think Naren has played a big role in this team for me. Um, the energy that she brings and just kind of her intensity that she brings to trainings and, um, just always giving her best, uh, that's been something for me. Um, I find a lot of inspiration in people who lead by example and who lead by work ethic. And that's a big thing with this team is that there's a lot of people like that. You know, it's, it's not people who are just going to go around and, and yell at others and, um, 
you know, try to motivate that way. There's a lot of people who drive by action and, and lead by example. Yeah. What sort of what sort of preparation, if any, do you put into specific opponents? Like, do you watch game film? Uh, yeah, yeah. So we watch game film of the other teams. Um, just kind of look at their tendencies, what, how they tend to attack, how they tend to defend, um, and where we can exploit them, what weaknesses they have. Um, and for me, it's just being aware of their forwards, being aware of the midfields and different tendencies. If they have players that like to shoot from further away, they have players that like to to come one v one. I'm just figuring out different strengths and weaknesses so that I can adapt to that and be be prepared for for that. So then, aside uh, so maybe um, aside from um, preparing for a specific opponent throughout the week, also what are you doing to then improve as a goalkeeper? Yeah, so then along with that, it's you know watching games and or watching clips from our previous game and um, seeing the the good things and the bad things and how we can improve that and. It's not about making massive adjustments. It's the small little things that can make a big difference. Um, so for me, a lot of it comes down to just like my communication and organizing and recognizing, um, you know, how, how we're getting broken down and how I can help to avoid that and, um, you know, lead and communicate early so that we can prevent breakdowns further up the pitch. You apparently, uh, I, I just learned this today because I did not hear it during the game. Maybe you did. Apparently, you have your own Spirit Squadron chant. I heard this. I heard this on Twitter after. I didn't hear it during the game. So I think next time, I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, sitting there listening to all the chants and cheers <laughs> when I'm out there. But, um, you know, maybe next time it'll catch my attention a little more and I'll, I'll be able to, to hear it a bit. But that's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Where you'll probably be able to hear it the most is actually on the road because I've watched uh, the like the broadcast from the Sky Blue and the Western New York games. The, you can still hear the squadron in the background chanting. They're oh, yeah. loud at the Plex and everywhere else. Oh yeah, for sure. And like you said, that's definitely where we hear them the most is on the road, and um, it's pretty pretty awesome that we have that group that's so supportive and so dedicated and. Um, you know, I didn't expect that at all when we went on our first road trip and to see them all there, um, I give so much credit to them and, um, you know, it's people like that, that make us love what we do every day and, um, the support that they have for us, we, you know, the, the best thing that we can give them is the three points. And every time we do, you know, it's so fun to turn to them and celebrate with them because ultimately they're a part of it and they were a part of, you know, the energy that we were able to bring to get the win. So, um, looking at the Spirit's success so far, four games, haven't lost one, uh, only uh, only draw against Portland, which was a very hard-fought game. This, it seemed like, it seemed like most of the community tried to discount the Spirit's chances, or at least um, gave them a very mediocre, like, they'll do well, but not well enough. Tell me, about the atmosphere now inside this club now that you've been able been able to completely supersede everybody's expectations yeah i think the biggest thing is you know even from the start we never let those expectations really affect us um that's the great thing about this team is there's such a positive energy and there's such a like great morale um you never we're never the team that you're going to see on the field start to yell at each other and get frustrated with each other and and get down on each other we're always continuing to support each other and push each other and you know even when we're playing bad we're not going to 
scream at each other. We understand we're playing bad, and we just continue to focus on, you know, let's make the next play a good one. Let's make the next play a good one. And um, so I think that positive energy and that kind of good team morale has really been something that's carried us to the success that we've had so far. And I think for us it's continuing to just take each game as it comes and not focus too much on what we've done in the past. You know, the three wins and a tie, that's great. But, um, you know, what's what's most important is the next game, and that's what we need to continue to focus on is just one game at a time and um, doing our best to maximize each game and get the most points we can out of every game. And um, in the end, that's what's going to make us successful is if we can just take it one game at a time and continue to build on this confidence and, and positive team morale that we have. Absolutely. Stephanie, just a couple more questions for you yeah. uh, to get to know you as a person. Uh, because we get to see you on the field, we get to follow you on Twitter, but there's still more to Stephanie LeBay. What are you doing when you're not playing soccer? I'm not playing soccer. Um, well, like I said before, yoga and meditation, that's a huge part sure. of my life. Um, so I do a lot of that. Um, I love hanging out with friends. So uh, me, Dee, and Shalina, we like to go on little adventures. So we're doing as, as much as we can in our days off when we have the energy um, to explore the the city and um, what's around us here. Um, so we've gone into to D.C. and we saw the cherry blossoms and saw the monuments and uh, we went up to a waterfall nearby here. So we're we're kind of doing our best to see what's around us and and kind of get outside. But I love doing anything out outside as long as the weather is nice. <laughs> um, but just being in nature, going on hikes, going walking. Um, my ultimate favorite is to be in the mountains. So anytime I can get away to the mountains, that's something that I like to do. And, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just I just love, you know, hanging out with people and, and getting to know people and just enjoying where I'm at being present. Do you have a favorite animal? Favorite animal? Um, it's a tough one. Like, it depends if it's an exotic animal. I like penguins. <laughs> okay. Um, but I also love dogs. I'm I'm really wanting to get a dog, so I'm hoping maybe after the Olympics I might be looking to get a dog. And then uh, my final question for you, when I was talking to uh, Christine Nairn, uh, she mentioned that she, for some reason, has waffles every 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 day that she plays, every game day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm curious, do you have a game day meal, whether it's pregame or postgame? Yeah, pregame, we actually... It's- our our little Canadian thing pregame we always have pancakes so that's nice. the the big things that we have yeah so three hours before the game we'll make pancakes and we'll usually make some eggs and um, other things with it but pancakes is the big one that we as much as we can control that's what we have that's awesome Stephanie thank you so much uh, for joining me on Follow Your Spirit uh, we're following you on Twitter at StephLeBay1 and looking forward to uh, seeing you play at the Plex Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Stephanie LeBay. Uh, I will be at the game on Saturday. You can tweet at me at Spirit Coverage and let me know that you're around. Come say hi. Uh, otherwise, let's pack the plex and support our Washington spirit. Take care. Let every, every ball